0: This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content.
1: Yes, hello folks, welcome so to Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brown. I'm joined, of course, with my regular co-host Cal McFadden, and I must say, delighted to be joined with an absolute legend of the game, the fantastic Graeme Sooners. Graham who, of course, had a fantastic playing career, wonderful managerial career, and also a terrific career as a pundit, as we see in the UK and abroad. Um, we uh, have most say I commend him very much on what he said last night. We'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to talk about his glittering career also as a player, as a manager, and everything else. First of all, Graham, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We're um, Our
2: football's back, and I mean, it's not great, but right. we're back, and it will be, you know, we will just get warmed up and we're up to speed, and all guns blazing. Then the season will end. You know, everyone takes a wee bit of- Time to get up to speed. Some need three, four games. Some need more. But um, no, I'm, I'm just glad football's back. And I think we next
1: thing, glad football's back. Yeah, and it's well, that's what I'm noticing. Other than Manchester City, everybody has relatively looked off the pace. It's taken a few weeks. Well, it will take a few weeks before they hit the the ground running. Um, I want to ask you about this Liverpool team because you played in the fantastic Liverpool team of the 80s. Liverpool will win the league. How does this Liverpool team compare to the Liverpool team that you played in?
2: Uh-huh. Well, I think they're fabulous. I mean, the consistency levels last year, just missed out last year on the league, and they've taken that on this year, and they're going to win it, obviously. Um, they've been sensational. How does it compare? Um, for me, the two biggest differences, the question I get asked most, and I've done since I stopped playing, um, well, especially recently, or oh, could you play in the modern game? That's not the question. The question should be, could the guys today have played in the 80s, you know, when the game was a little bit more meaty, <laughs> referees allowed a bit more to go on, you can get away with um, more reckless challenges. You know, we had to be two teams in those days because no one wanted to take us on in the game of football. It was, let's see, you know, let's see if Liverpool fancy it today. We'll go to war with them and see if they fancy it. And then it would settle into a game of football. Whereas today, that's not allowed. You just have to be a really good team today because the better pitches. I mean you can take less touches and the referees are a lot stricter today. Well, stricter the rules have changed. So today you just have to be a good football team. In our day we had to have a bit of both going on. And we did that because we had that at home on a on a domestic game, whether it be a Saturday or whenever, and then midweek we go and play in Europe and we could we could put a different hat on and be a different team.
0: One of the things I'm 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 really intrigued to ask you, Graham. You were a, an inspirational midfield player led by example. You look at the Merseyside Derby at the weekend and it was quite flat and understandably so considering the circumstances. How would you have coped playing behind closed doors considering the style of your game? Um,
2: well, I, I don't think <clears throat> the, the the crowds would have impacted on the way I performed. You know, I, I took it personal for right or for wrong. I mean, I, the way we were told was or the way, the way we, were, we were taught to think was basically you're playing a team today who are sitting near the, near the, near the lower levels of the league. Um, but when the fixtures came out in the summer, this was a cup final. So you're sitting near the top of the league, or of the league you're playing a team near the bottom. Don't take it lightly. Match them for effort. Because you're a better player than the team, you've got a chance of winning the game or a very good chance of winning the game. You know they always made it black and white for us. That just work as hard as the team you're playing against, show them respect, and then then you've got a real chance. And that's how we approached every single game. For me personally, and when you think of football, in the centre of midfield, okay, other midfield players may, but certainly centre of midfield, it's only position you play. You can play where you're in direct opposition to someone who's trying to do the exact same job. You know, central midfield player plays a central midfield player, right? Side midfield player. Generally plays against the left side, the player, a left-sided midfield player or did a left back. Center forward plays against the center half. So I always took it personal, and you know, I, I, I you know, I would be very angry if I wasn't if I, I wasn't coming out on top. And that's why I say that playing in front of no crowds wouldn't bother me. Are you guys still there? Yeah,
0: I'm still here. I, I don't know what's happened to Phil. <laughs> he's gone, I'll just continue on um, one of the other things Graham, that we're really interested in talking to you about last night on Sky you were very honest and open with your comments about racism and that uh, in the director's stance uh, you maybe now, well not they maybe, now you definitely would have challenged certain views at the time well, something that intrigues me is the attitude of yourself last night, I found it totally refreshing when you consider your generation and the, the upbringing you had completely different to what so many um, experience now. Just describe the the, the transition in society, because I understand from, from your point of view, I know last year you attended the Brighton Pride and that was a big thing that you educated yourself about is the, the attitude to Black Lives Matter,
2: something similar. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my attitude to life is you never stop learning, you know. Um, and when you when you relate that to football, you know, people come on the scene, they get great reviews, and after two or three I think they know all the answers, and they stop they stop wanting to turn up and learn something, and that's when they start going backwards. And I've never had I've never thankful I've never had that attitude. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I might have a certain vintage, but I'm, still try and learn something every day I, I get out of bed. Quite simple it's as simple as that. I think last year when I went on the the parade in Brighton, it was a real eye opener for me. It was a world I knew nothing about and I came away a lot wiser and I have to say I enjoy myself. It was a real sort of festival party atmosphere. You know, for, uh, day in Brighton.
1: Um we're having a little bit of trouble with your phone, so I might want to reconnect because so I don't want to lose this audio. If it cuts out again, I'll reconnect with you. One of the things that I want to bring up because uh, I grew up in Belfast and I'm um, in my 40s. Something that's always missed in the analysis is you took a very, very brave step at Rangers to Santa a Catholic. I remember what that was like. I was in Belfast at the time. I was a young man. I remember the reaction of a lot of my friends were Rangers fans. I had a lot of Celtic fan friends too, and I remember how brave a step that was. It's easy to forget what that what what, what you did at that time. Um, looking back on that, um, do you feel that you don't get the credit you deserve for that?
2: I, I don't want. That.
1: <laughs> I'm proud
2: of what I did. I'm not looking for any credit. I mean, I I was like every other person. There wasn't many before me that. That had a job as the manager of Glasgow Rangers and the second, third question in in the press conference on the very first day was, would you sign a Catholic? And when I said yes, I would, you know, half the room sort of rolled their eyes and looked to the ceiling. But I meant it. Yeah. And then a few years later, we got the chance to sign Morris Johnson. Uh, I originally went had Ray Houghton. He, 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 he um, mm. was up for it. And then he changed his mind. Then John Collins, similarly, he Fancied it, and then he thought about it, and then Morris came along. And he was he was really up for it. Um, listen, I'm from you're, you're you're from Belfast. I know mm-hmm. how divided that place mm-hmm. that great and it is a great city. I've been there a couple of times in the Thank last you. year, um, and it has changed. I I know how divided that can be or has yep. been. Um, I'm from Edinburgh, mm-hmm. um, which is very different to Glasgow in the west of Scotland, and I I came from a house where. You know, it didn't matter what religion you were. If you're a good guy or a bad guy, that's all that mattered. And I had the great great parents who who, you know, that they that was the way they lived their lives and there was never never any thing about Catholics and Protestants in my world. And to the point where I used to walk to school most days with a guy called Peter Marinello who played for Hebbs and then after that went to Arsenal. And we'd walk to school together, I'd go to my school I'd, I'd say, I'll see you later. He'd walk around the corner and go to his school, St. Joseph's, which was a Catholic school. And then on the way home, I'd wait for him and walk back home together to a prefab. We lived in prefab the school playing field. So it was, never, it was never my world. At the time, when I was manager of Rangers on the first day, you know, they were basically saying to me, as I was, oh, you're married to a Catholic girl. You've got children have been Christian Catholics, but you can't work when I work that was um, you know I didn't go out of my way to sign a Catholic I, I was, if the right one came along and I think the three players I've mentioned if I'd got Ray Houghton or John Collins or Morris or all three of them Rangers would have been a better football team and that was a, that was a, the only that was the only thing I was thinking of. are they good enough will they make us better or whether we're going to break any um, traditions and since then it's, it's not an issue anymore so I'm proud of it, mm-hmm. um, whether whether um, people give me credit for it, I'm not, not too interested, I'm proud of it.
0: I think that is, for me, Graham. that's something to be very, very proud of, and, and the change in culture at Rangers at that time, especially up to the modern days, you've said, is absolutely refreshing in terms of signings. Something that intrigues me about yourself, you, you've, you've managed the game, it, it's in different countries, you've managed players, at the very top of their powers towards the end of their careers. How would
2: you manage the modern player? Um, well, I stopped managing, I think, about 14 years ago, and I stopped enjoying it. You know, I, I, um, I love football. I've always loved football. You know, I'm still, in, not, not directly, but I stopped enjoying I think it's easy to say that, you know, money has, has changed the game, but it has. Mm-hmm. You know, money has made players independent, um, rich beyond the wildest dreams, um, and I just felt, you know, players who were good players, but I'd never won anything. They weren't listening to me in the end. They, 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 they were, they were more interested in, going to buy a new Bentley this afternoon. Let's get training out of the way. And I felt that like, oh, no, they weren't all like that. But you know, I think maybe what I do now we're, we're partly responsible for that because I think the best. An analogy I can give. I'm 30 years old. I'm captain of Liverpool, captain of Scotland, been very successful, won a great deal. If in a team meeting I'd offered an opinion at Liverpool, Joe Fagan or Ronnie Moran would have been coming over to me, raising their hands, wanting to treat me like a 12 year old kid by clipping me around the ear for being so ridiculous to think I, I was worthy of a, an opinion. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have an opinion. Where today, a boy who's 20 has gone the first game, played a dozen games is questioning the manager and maybe all this punditry work all these pundits we're partly responsible for that and maybe just maybe that's the workplace not just a footballing workplace but you know everywhere that you know people now are more opinionated but i've stopped enjoying it top and bottom for whatever reason i stopped enjoying it and then i dropped into the the television work which i thoroughly enjoy i get my buzz out of it I get to sleep at night
1: and I'm not pinning an ass around the house for my life. <laughs> um, unfortunately, with that job, Graham, and we get it to you, everyone anyone who talks about professional footballers gets accused of all types of different agendas and supporting this team and supporting that team. You had an incident where Paul Pogba's team came out and criticised you. Paul Pogba criticised you himself um, for your evaluation of him. I want to ask you about that. Um, how did you feel about how they responded to your criticism and do you um how do you feel about people who see you on fairly criticism um can
2: i firstly say you know i i am i am i look at i look at him and i think you could be a fabulous person i think you've got all the attributes um but i think he's he's underachieved since he's been in the uk um I fear that maybe it's too late for him. When I say that, maybe he doesn't—he doesn't want to listen to anyone anymore. He plays the game the way he thinks it should be played, um, and I just think he's—I just think he's a young man who's got the gifts that very few people are born with, and I don't think he—he he, utilises them. I don't think he—he he works hard enough. Um, you know, I—I just—I just—I don't see someone who's desperate to be a a top player. I think he arrived with a record world transfer fee on his shoulders and I think that was enough from him. I think he thought that makes me a superstar and I can just play the game I want to play. And when I see him I get frustrated because I think if everything was right in his garden and he was prepared to listen and work harder than he does, he would be he'd be arguably the best musical player out there. But right now he's a he's a country mile away from that. He's a young man with enormous potential but mm-hmm. No, not for me. Do, do, he's got a long way to go. But he has the potential to be a star, an absolute star in my sure. eyes. But, do that, does but I don't f- think you will listen to anyone. I, I, think, I think it's too late for him. I well,
1: think I, He's been allowed to get into that position where he yeah. can just do basically what he wants. Does it bother you though that his team and other people accuse you of being unfairly critical of him um, specifically rather than other players?
2: No, I think I, I think I'm critical of players who don't do it for their clubs for whatever reason. I don't think I single him out. I think Man United, if you play for Man United, arguably the biggest club in the world. Um, it depends what category, <laughs> what categories you're using to make that decision. But there's are certainly up there. Um, the price on the ticket is it? You know, television companies, pundits, radio stations. You, we talk about Man United because that I suppose times it sells newspapers doesn't it Man United are a team that can be on the front pages in the middle pages and on the back pages they're, they're a, you know they're an institution and if you play for Man United people will talk about you but I don't think I'm unfair i have criticise Liverpool players i have criticise Chelsea players Yeah, sure. i will criticise anyone for, that's what that's, that's what it's not what I'm paid for I hate to say that but that's part of the job I, I'm a man of a certain age who's been around football a long long time and I was fortunate enough to have won a great deal and I think that entitles me it's opinion and I'm not bothered if that disagrees with me because they, they're entitled that I am um, I've, I've been at the <laughs> face. I, I know what I'm talking about most of the time <laughs>
0: yeah and as you've said you're, you're entitled to your opinion and that's why you're on Sky and, and yeah. we enjoy watching you
2: but everyone's entitled to an opinion
0: and the reason I am t- want to talk about those opinions is because you'll be well well aware of this I know you've spoken about it briefly that there were some comments recently from Andy Cole about yourself and, uh-huh. and no one's immune to criticism
2: how would you respond to those Um, well if I, if I, if I, I, don't, if I remember correctly he called me they, they did, we didn't get on he said I was Old fashioned, old set in my ways, um, and him and I didn't get on. Well, I, how can I put this in a in polite way? Andy Cole played for twelve different teams in his career. I, I am um, would suggest it. Oh well, with more than just me. I mean, how can you have twelve teams in your career?
1: What does that say about you? Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're a better place to make that valuation <laughs> no, than me. No, <laughs> I mean, I played. I started at Tottenham, then I went to Middlesbrough,
2: Liverpool, Sampdor. I had four teams, yeah. and 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 every one of them, it was my choice to leave. Yeah, I think if you have twelve teams, people want to show you the door. Um, you know, they're not wanting to hang around for a reason. So, that that'd be the way I'd respond to that question. Of course, <laughs> I I I um. um I, and the job I do now I get after people when I think he's talented he could do a lot more sure. and when I was a manager it was the exact same if I wasn't getting after you and I, you worked for me at the football club that means I gave up on you that means I didn't think I could make you any better so I am I, um, yeah I'm sure I got after him or I know I got after him because I knew he had more to give I mean Andy was a fabulous striker and I just felt like he had a lot more to give us let me and ask that's maybe what you didn't enjoy about our relationship.
1: Let me ask you about your time in Turkey because obviously, your <laughs> uh, your famous planting the, the the flag in the middle of the park. I think it was at the Ali Sami Yen, if I remember, or maybe it wasn't. I was away from home, I believe. Um, no, well, no, it was it was a Fenerbahce, that's right. It was at Uh Tell me about your time in Turkey and what was it like uh, in the aftermath of that.
2: Well, I, I only did a, a year there. I mean, the way it works over there, I think it's the, the board get elected. I think it's a, for a three year term or a four year term. And when I got the job, they, they, they were in their last year. The board were in their last year. So we can we can only offer you a year. But if we get re elected, we'll give you another couple of years. So that went well. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't get re elected. And then whoever was getting the job after me was talking about their <laughs> situation they had the nucleus of the Turkish team that got to the semi finals of the World Cup in Japan and Korea a few years later. You know, they had some super players. But my year there was it was exciting. It was very different. You know living in Istanbul, I mean people say Istanbul is London on steroids. It's a hell of a city. Mm-hmm. And anyone anyone if you had a chance to go there pay a visit. It really is. Historically it's it was the centre of the world for centuries and There's so much to, if you're into this, there's so much there to see and discover. But, and the Turkish people are fabulous. You know, I felt I was made at home. The the, the flag incident, which was basically when I went there, Fenabachi, with Galatasaray's big rivals, one of their vice presidents sort of questioned Galatasaray's wisdom in signing me as their coach. (laughs) And they said, What are Galatasaray doing signing a cripple? And he was referring to the open heart surgery I'd had a couple of years before nine months later, we're in the stadium it's a cup final, two-legged cup final, we'd won the first one 1-0, the second game we're losing 1-0, I think I don't think it went to extra time, but anyway, at the end of extra time or 90 minutes, Dean Saunders, my striker, last one in, we make it 1-1 on the night and of course we win the cup and then all our supporters go down to celebrate, with sorry, all our players go down to the supporters behind one goal to celebrate with them a big flag's handed over, they all take a a turn of waving this flag, and then it's handed to me. I wave it a few times, look to hand it to someone. All the players have gone up to halfway line to collect the cup. So I jump back up to halfway line with a big flag. I look into the stands and the director's box that was emptying. And I've seen this guy's face. That had called me a cripple, so mm. that was a mad moment. A weird right went into the centre circle and planted it. And, and um, then... <laughs> Um, realised that it wasn't the smartest thing to do. I managed to get into the tunnel. Um, and I was in the dressing room waiting for all the directors and the president to come down, thinking, that's me, I'll be, I'll be sent home tomorrow in this case. And instead of that, I thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened to Galatasaray. <laughs> <laughs> of society in Turkey. They thought it was great. Um, but I had a great year there. And I go back a couple of times a year to see some friends, one in particular, And um, I love Turkey. And I thought if I ever got a chance to go back, which it didn't arise, I would have gone back. Mm. But only to work for Galatasaray. But it didn't happen.
0: I record a show, Graham, with um, your good friend, Willie Morgan. And we've been talking about Scotland a a lot recently. And the question I've got for you, how close did you come to managing Scotland and looking back in your career? Is that something you wish you got the opportunity or wish you'd taken the opportunity to do? Well,
2: I did actually go for an interview. Um, I met—I um, think it was there. There was Campbell local, who the and there was the president of the FA, and somebody else. We met in the Hilton Hotel at Edinburgh Airport. Interview went very well, and I thought I've got a chance for this job. In fact, I think I've got the job. So it was all going really well. I see, I thought I had the job. It was all going really well until we started talking about money, and then. their um, their attitude changed a bit but I still thought, you know, room for negotiation I'm sure they will give me this job anyway, I found out about three weeks later they'd given it to George Burley instead of me, I I found out it was either on the radio or read it in the newspaper, so they didn't have the courtesy to come back and say you know, thanks, but we decided to go somewhere else I heard it either in the newspaper or on a radio station Um, so I didn't get it then and then I've, I've sort of no, were made to me subsequently over the years. To you know, if you want it, it's there for you. But it's been and gone for me. It's been and gone for me. And I think Scotland are in a difficult place right now. We've never, we've never had enough players that have been good enough to make the market and get us into the World Cup. Or get of, you know I mean, you know. And it's a difficult job for
1: anyone who's taken it. it has been for the last decade. Whoever's had that, has been a very difficult job. Yeah, it sure has been. grim. listen I would love to get you back sometime, your phone was cutting out a couple of times there, which uh, I wish I could get you back and redo this, but thank you so much for taking the time to join us, absolutely eye-opening, some fantastic answers and honest as always, and appreciate you examining your views and being honest last night on television I think that's all we can ask, people start asking themselves, how can we be better people, and I, yeah. I commend let's, you for that Yeah,
2: let's all just when we're cleaning our teeth and we're looking into the mirror first thing in the morning, just you know what can I do to be different? What, what? Yeah. You know, you know. I'm whatever age I am. You know, how can I be different? How can I show, you know, a bit, a bit more love and, and understanding towards, um, black people at this time.
1: I commend you for that. I, I, as I live out in Los Angeles here, so um, the social injustices that, we witness here really are quite sad. And uh, I also. And many others have to examine how we can be better people, and and, and make sure this is a fair and just world. Um, Graham, thank you so much for doing this. I really would love to get you back sometime. And uh, yeah, anytime. Give me a shout when you're ready. Thank you so much, Graham. Thank I appreciate you. it, Paul. Cheers. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.